You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to After the Show, uh, Oscar Weekend. It's our Super Bowl weekend, isn't it, really? <laughs> you know, some people long for the Super Bowl. We like the Oscars weekend. Right, and you and I have grown to have a different sort of perspective on the Oscars over the years. I don't long for them as much as I used to, but I appreciate what it is. It is your Super Bowl. It's more like my Golden Globes. <laughs> Where it's I, not... Like, honestly... I'm I enjoy the ceremony. In the event of it. Yeah, I'm yeah. interested in the event of it, but in terms of what it means, really, this is our before the after show discussion that never existed, but it's happening now. Um, it doesn't mean that much to me anymore, except if you if you see in the person who's getting the award, it seems to mean something to them. Yes, they're actors, but then I give it some credit. Other than that, I think it's just a tool for people to... Uh, Pat each other on the back, and not it's not always about the quality, but we like to think it is, so that's my perspective on the Oscars. So, yeah, I um, <laughs> I enjoy the Oscars every time. I like uh, sometimes it's a bit long winded for me, um, like all the acts and the songs and stuff. Yeah, they kind of knocked them out last, last year, I remember. They were trying even, to trim it down, yeah, last year there wasn't. Well, no, what it was last year, there was only a couple of songs yeah. up, for, so they didn't bother doing them at all, I remember. They, did, they didn't even have them. They just had, like, other, you know, just more speeches. Yeah. Which sometimes is a good thing, but sometimes is a bad thing, because some of the speeches, I could... And I know you mean that, the acceptance speeches? Yeah, some of them are a bit long for me, but, but I know that... <laughs> but that's like, the person just won what they might think of as the greatest award ever. Yeah, I know, you I know. You can't trim them I, down. Well, the Oscars actually trims them down they for can, you. They can, but we yeah. can't expect them to go, oh, well, I don't want to bore everybody, so I better just get up there, say thank you, and walk away. Like, I, I, have, I have no problem with long speeches, even. It's the long sort of, like, introductions that get a little boring, or the... The numbers that they do that sort of try to... I've kind of over that whole thing. I like... My my highlights of it are... My best thing... The best part of it is when it shows you all the people who died that year. That's my favorite part. In a good way or in just sort of your interested sort of... My most... I I think it's really nice to have a tribute to all the people. And Tony Scott will be on it this year, so... Correct. Um, Yeah. I like that part because it makes me think, oh, wow, that... You know, and I always... I always go... Oh, wow, I didn't even realize. Or, I, I did realize, but was that this year? Or, like, I thought they were already dead. Yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> you know. But And then there's people who you know, but then have never remembered until that day, until they show you that they died, and you're exactly. like, wow, it's that guy who, who was the cameraman on such a thing, you know? Um, so I like that part. I also like um, the opening monologue. But it's Seth, Seth MacFarlane this year, and I, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a disliker of him, so I don't think... You don't know. Unless, he, unless he's but hilarious. you have no idea. Yeah, unless, he's a, unless he really is hilarious, um, that I'm not looking forward to that so much. Yeah, but um, how, you won't know until you see No, I'm just saying. It's I'm not saying fair. What it is. So if he sings and dances, I will like that. 
because I, did, I liked it when Wolverine sang and danced that year. He was good. That's I what liked I him doing. I don't mean just that. I mean the whole thing. I liked his all of him being the presenter. I liked it. Yeah. Who did it last year? Who were the? It was a pair of people, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Um, no, last year it was um, Billy Crystal. Again. Oh, that's right. And the year before it was Anne Hathaway and Franco. That's right. And that one people didn't like, but. I like that. And the Oscars said they did it because they wanted to reach the younger demographic, mm. which I don't agree with. I say, get all that shit out of your head. Yeah. Like, make us... Okay, just go down to basics. Cut it down to basics. We have a ceremony, an award ceremony. We've all been to award ceremony for kids, sports, academics. You go to your little sixth graders or your kindergartner's little graduation. It's a ceremony. You peel it down to basics and you say, we're going to have a group of people who are going to get awards... We need an audience, we need the awards, we need a backdrop, and that's it. Now, whatever else goes along with it, just keep trimming it down. Don't get out of control with it. Just present it as if you care about the subject. You know, the teachers who give the little kindergarten presentation for the ceremony, they love those kids. They love that they're moving on to first grade, they're proud of them, and so it's always kind of fun and kind of, you know... It means something, but the people who put on the Oscars, if all they care about are demographics and, well, what are we getting on the 15 to 25-year-olds and what are we getting on the Hollywood buzz over here, it just gets too... I, it's I too actually wouldn't a, mind if there was no host at all and just people presenting... Introducing it. Like they yeah. do with the MTV Music Awards sometimes where it's not just one overall person, it's everybody. Like they, They're just all, in. you know, somebody comes on... I feel like it needs something to tie it all together. Well, so, the tying it all together could be, like, you know, a tribute to the movies, like a, a thing that they play, even. Like, no, I mean a thing that ties throughout the entire three or four hours. It needs a, a needs some consistency. So every few minutes you get your host, and that keeps pulling it together. I think that's necessary. And uh, I, you know, I can imagine Seth MacFarlane. I can imagine Seth MacFarlane doing it. He'll be all right at doing it because he's got the gift of the gab. But what you could do is get the guy who does the movie commercials. In a world where blah, blah, blah. Have him sitting in one of those cool sort of like opera seat things up there with the cool old-fashioned headphones and one of these microphone things. And have him... One of these microphones. One of these old-fashioned microphone uh-huh. things. And have him do it as if it's like a radio show. And next we have blah, 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 presenting the award for... Da, da, da. But and then, like, then that's tribute to radio. I know, it's all entertainment. That's what I'm saying. Well, the original Oscars was barely even on TV. So I think that's reasonable. But that would be cool. You have the same thing. It's kind of a little kitschy thing. And you don't need a host. But you've got him. I think. Hey, Oscar people. If you're listening. And I say say Oscar people. My favorite one of the Oscars in recent memory is when you had Peter Wolf. Similar to that. In the backstage. In backstage. Yep. Behind a desk. And as people went... Backstage, yep. he would talk. We've got Angelina Jolie yeah, coming like up to the... I don't know if he talked to him, but he talked about He talked them. to the audience, to yeah. us. That's kind of what I'm talking yeah. about. But have him the presenter of the whole thing and talk between everything and introduce everybody. Yeah, that was a good idea. And they never yeah. did it again, did they? All right, so um, Oscar weekend is... <laughs> There's our um, input uh, for the Oscar committee for next time. Correct. It's Saturday, February the 23rd, 2013. This is after the show, number 263. And what better movie for Oscar weekend... Than seven-time Oscar nominee nominated Argo. This is a 2012 movie uh, released on Blu-ray on the 19th of February, so you can get it right now. 
What would have been more interesting to say, how many times has Ben Affleck actually been nominated? That would be interesting. Overall, he's been nominated lots of times. I'm just saying. Right. So, Not just this movie, I mean. So. Yeah, well, obviously his movie with Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's it, isn't it? And The Town. I believe he got nominated something yeah. there. So uh, this um, movie is now available. It came out on Tuesday. It's on Blu-ray. It's uh, rated R. It doesn't have a tagline, but the unofficial tagline is R, go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's my tagline. But Gun it wouldn't be- work very well on the poster because uh, yeah. it would offend everybody. Gone Baby Gone was also nominated for yes. Academy Awards. So that's it, those two, isn't it? I don't three. think he's been nominated for um, three. anything before that, right? Unless Gili was nominated. No, just Goodwill Hunting and the. Well, four movies that he's written or been a part of directing have been nominated for Academy Awards, so I think that's a pretty good record. That was sarcasm that Gili has been nominated. We don't actually think Gili's that bad, um, so don't pretend. When I watched it, I didn't think it was that bad. I need to see it again. Yeah, absolutely. But but at the time, I really loved Ben Affleck, so I might have been... I mean, I still love Ben Affleck. What I'm saying is, at the time, I'd just, you know, seen Mall Rats, things like that. I was really into Ben Affleck chasing Amy. So I like to see another film with Ben Affleck in it. Um, but we also think most people are full of shit, so we went into it thinking, oh, everybody hates it, they're all idiots, it can't be that bad, and we were right. It wasn't that bad. It was slated for reasons... It was because mentality. it was because of his uh, pri- private life uh, interfered yeah. with him, uh, and I re I revisited Forces of Nature the other week. <laughs> yeah. It was on uh, Netflix, and I watched it. Sandra Bullock, and I always liked that movie. It's very well, I, re- I revisited it and watched it again, and it's really of that time. Absolutely, it's like it's like it almost feels completely out of date and irrelevant now. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's fun to watch. It's really fun. Like it's a really interesting story you know and it's a formula that is very big from the late 90s yeah. early 20, 2000s yeah but it totally feels dated as hell like it's it's so dated there's a lot of movies around that time that feel dated now but what's a movie now that you think of as now times like knocked up and stuff like that no even that feels i mean that's like a, a comment like i'm talking about romantic comedies because that's what forces nature is or force of nature I don't watch a lot of them so i don't know really something like bridesmaids yeah, That's a modern that feels like now, sort of, it? It's not a love story, though, is it? But, yeah, that kind of comedy. So in 10 to 15 years, that we'll is going to be like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to the movie. This is from our friends at Warner Brothers, and Sid Tot's going to give you the synopsis of the movie, Argo. This is about something I had no idea ever even existed in my life. It is about the um, exfiltration or attempted exfiltration of a group of six people in Tehran during the Iranian overtake of the embassy there, where it had, you know, the hostages for 444 days. It was the beginning of the shows like Nightline and other Nightline television shows. I remember that being a big deal. Those nighttime news programs. It was also partly the beginning of CNN and all that kind of stuff. But that's not part of this movie. This movie is sort of turns the focus onto these six individuals who most people for many years until the late 80s didn't even know were part of it. No. And it's based on the very true... Top secret mission. Yeah. Yeah. And that they even were part of it. Like... And what's... And it's focused on the guy from the CIA who sets up this... their cover story 
for getting them out because they have to go to the airport. He's Tony Mendez yeah, in real life. In real life. And they ha- he comes up with the idea that they are a Canadian film crew uh, there in Iran to scout to make a movie, like a sci-fi movie. Like a, a cheap a sci-fi movie. A fake sci-fi movie. Right. Yeah, so... What's interesting about it is when you say that synopsis, it sounds like the stuff of movies, right? It sounds Mm -hmm. like some convoluted movie plot. But when you realize it's actually the God's... It's the truth, right down to the letter, because the guy wrote the book. I mean, it's... Everything isn't true, but the story is true. Yeah, but the book written by Tony Mendes, which the movie is... It's it's his words. He was the guy who did it, right? So it's not... It does sound... if you listen to it as a synopsis, whatever it says on the back of the box, it does sound like a made-up thing. Amazing that it went down that way. Um, and it's... What? Now it's that re- I'm thinking about it, what's the... I can't... I always forget the name of the freaking movie. With Robert Downey Jr., does the black guy, who's not a black guy. Comedy. Tom Cruise is the gross guy dancing. Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. If you think about it, that's a film crew going in to make a movie in a war-torn place. Yeah, it is. Was there any... I wonder if there's any any little grain of this inspiration there or it something. Could be, it could be, But that is that, isn't it? Because they end up doing like some Like a movie sort of within weird, a movie. Yeah, a weird yeah. secret mission that they don't even know about, oh. so... Yeah, that is that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, and that, and that's, that like a, seems farcical <laughs> when you watch... You that's know. what I was thinking of, a farcical telling of a yeah. film crew gets trapped in a war-torn place and they have to get themselves out. Well... That sounds like fake, but this is based on. Now I have to start. I have to start by saying I, this movie. I, I'm a fan of Ben Affleck's movies that he's directed. Gone Baby Gone, obviously, and uh, The Town, which I love. The Town. It's that's my favorite one so far. And then this, you know, I was like, oh, what can he follow that up with? And he, he you don't know better. what he's going to do, though, do you? I mean, like, no. you, they're not similar. They're not. Nope. I mean, Gone Baby Gone and The Town, maybe a little bit, just from the fact that they're in the same place. Yeah, but they're not similar. But they're not, the, they're, you know, one's a heist movie, one's a, what Rex, would you call it? Kidnapping movie. Yeah, like a... A crime mystery Yeah, kind a crime of kind of thing. And this one's a real life event. Uh, who, you know, I don't know what he's going to come up with next, but always interesting story. Uh, and this is the most interesting. And it's beautifully done. It looks amazing. The dialogue's fantastic. We'll get to the people well, in the cast, now, but I mean, it's, it's... What I love about this movie, and I, I think this is a fantastic movie, it definitely should um, be up there for Oscar nominations, no doubt about it. What I like about it is, from the moment it starts until the very end, I'm on the edge of my seat. Thinking, Absolutely. It's just the way it's paced, um, and it's the direction style, too. It was really tense, like, the whole time. It's always moving, like, it, it, even the camera's moving. It, it's, it's You don't require that, though, in a movie. No, but I think this movie benefits from it because it's, um, you know, the setup to the movie. This, you know, the first hour, it, it actually takes an hour before the actual mm-hmm. caper starts. Because it, it, it really is. It's like a mission, isn't it? Like a Mission Impossible almost. When the mission starts, it's like an hour into the movie. So the setup is really heavy with... Um, you know, information you need to know if you didn't know about this real life deal. So exactly. there's a lot of information being bombarded at you in the first hour. And that could be overwhelming or boring if it's presented in a in a the wrong way. But the way it's presented, it's characterization, you start to meet all the players. 
and everybody's interesting to me. There's nobody I hated. I liked them all. Everybody had a fit, you know? Even You did not particularly like John Goodman, but no. even John Goodman fits in here. It, and, and it's not, you know, it's... Everybody's got a small part. Because his character didn't bother me. So he was fine. It's John Goodman that I'm not a huge right. fan of. But everybody's got a small part. And it, and it, it just moves. like it, And, and, and it, it's kind of like a snowball rolling down a hill. Like it's... Um, the tension. Yeah. The tension level just keeps getting worse. And, and like when it gets to the hour mark and the thing... You know, he's going to go and get them. From the second he sits on the plane. Mm-hmm. I could feel it just ratcheting, ratcheting, ratcheting. And it's like... You know... I know how this ends. It reminds me constantly of the real, the real, like yeah, you can't help but think of the real, the thing. truth of the world of humans and how we. I'm, I'm not that of that radical mind, but we as a group have parts of us who this, you know, the whole. And it happens now, and it's happened 10,000 years ago, and it happened 5,000 years ago. It's happening today in countries where the thought is we want everyone to think our way, and everyone else is blasphemous and evil, and we want to kill them all, or at least isolate ourselves from the world so you cannot corrupt us and whatever, and we will use any means at all, violence or terror or whatever. Now, this can go for anybody anywhere. I'm not pinpointing any place or people, because there are lots of Americans who have that same mindset about their Christianity, about their politics, you know. And I just, I'm reminded this movie just keeps it in my mind. And there are political the danger. Like, can we even comprehend the danger? And this, like, to make up a fake story, a covert operation to get six people out of a country, when all you want to say is like, well, listen, can't they just explain? <laughs> Why don't they just all sit down and explain to the government, That's look, not how it works. we're not bad people, we're just doing, we're bureaucrats, like, we're just doing our jobs, we just want to go home. Now... A, in a reasonable mind, you know, that's like, that's how the world should be. We don't agree with you. Would you please leave our country? Fine. But this thing of the potential that people have for this extreme violence, and I remember that picture of the guy hanging, that they showed, you know, a guy hanging from a crane. I remember you see, that. If they show you a compilation of things that happened. Yeah, the, it's, in, it's, it's all in this that, movie. You always yeah. see that picture. Um and there are political prisoners all all over the all place the all the time. In fact, uh, interesting on the video game note, there's a couple of guys, you know, because I like video games. There's a couple of guys who went to I don't know mm. country it was. You can tell me this, yeah. Greece. Well, they make uh, war. Turkey. It might have been Greece, but they went to make a war. They're making a war game. They're the, they're the people who made Armour. If you're a video game fan, you'll know what Armour is. It's a um, it's a shooter, but it's like very realistic military-based shooter. It's not Call of Duty. It's the opposite to Call of Duty. They went there to take aerial photographs for their map data for the game and were accused of being spies by the government and they're being held there. Still. They actually not being held there anymore about two weeks ago or three weeks ago they let them go right. but they've been there for a year oh wow they were in a prison there for a year and they were just a video game developer going to take some photographs and yet because of the world we know how do we know 
They really weren't there as spies. Right. To pose as two video game guys. Well, this movie. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Like how, and then that's what I'm saying. Like the trickery of it all. Like it's very stimulating for people to, it's like dynamic and interesting and, oh yes, covert operations and like bringing down the, the, capitalist pigs or bringing down the tyrannical dictator and we have to sneak around and it's like I don't know it's almost like we have to make our own drama in a horrible way just to I don't make life interesting or something instead of just saying look we disagree that's it we disagree I know but especially when religion and politics and the whole thing is involved that's why this movie I was constantly reminded like if I was that person sitting in that house they stayed at a house, like, for the, in the Canadian embassy. Or the house of the Canadian ambassador. For over a year. Right. Oops, I forgot to turn the thing. And, um... No, it wasn't a year. They weren't held a year. 445. That was the... All the, the prisoners were held for that long. But, um... So, I'm, I was putting myself in that position. Like, would I comprehend the danger of even stepping outside? Because, look at me. I don't know how much more American I could look. Because I was thinking about that. In a country well, you where you don't fit Canadian in. Canadian or British. Right, but I mean, but I still look very um, Western Europe, or Eastern, is it? Not Western Eastern. European. Western. Blonde. From the West. Pale skin, kind of round. Um, the way I behave, the way I talk, the way I, my mannerisms, the way I dress. I couldn't, I don't think I could look anymore like sort of the culture I'm from. So if I was in that position... Or I was anywhere where there was a threat outside simply because of where I'm from. Ha. Because of the life I've lived, and I'm thinking of those people in that moment, do they even comprehend? Yeah. Like, they could get drug out by their well, hair. Well, they do, because they work for the embassy there, and they yeah, but, know this political situation. Right, but a couple of the ladies, they were just working there because their husbands got them the job. They right, weren't, like, foreign sh- diplomats Well, they anything. live there, though, so I'm sure they right. know. And they know that there's protesting, they know that there's it's dangerous. They know they'll read it in the papers. Yeah. I just don't know if you internalize it, really, completely. It just seems overwhelming, really. I So, yeah, this movie captures... That's what it the opening sequence where they actually storm the embassy is terrifying. Absolutely, like a, like it starts smallish. It's terrifying, but they explain it in a way that makes you understand the anger. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Not the, that you side with you, them. Well, you know, but like you, the people you are comprehend wrong. Comprehend it. The people are wrong. They're taking people sure. hostage. First off, right? But yes, you the can understand reasons, why they're angry. Absolutely, the country is being run by idiots. It's like. been raped and ravaged, <laughs> and horrible things are happening. And the symbol of that is an American government who basically cedes the the tyrannical people or who are doing this to them. So the thing is, if you and I were defending our countries for the same reason, I don't know if I have a limit, you know, if I, if I, so you kind of, he presents it in a way that makes you go, okay, I get it. I don't. Yeah. These aren't the bad guys necessarily. This is a, a situation that's going on. Right. It's a movement that you, you have a hard time figuring out who's right and who's wrong really except for the violence and the death obviously that's wrong but i mean the force that's pushing them he's presented in a way that makes it go you go okay now i get it i never understood the politics and the day-to-day life of those people this is just a culmination of that and what about a way to make people take notice of it yeah but he does it in like two minutes with that girl's voice and the drawings you know, in the very beginning, and I'm I'm like there. I'm like, oh, I get it now. And uh, it's 
you know, it's terrifying. The most terrifying part for me, the whole movie, is when they're putting blindfolds on the people. Oh, my God, I know. Like in the thing, because you're like... Oh, shit. You know, they could have just took them outside and shot them yeah. on, on camera. Or and whatever, we've seen know? horrible pictures of people like that with the blindfold on and, you know... And I knew how this story went because oh, I I've it. read about it in the past. Just in, just reading... I've read it about it on websites with nothing to do with this movie. I've just read... I knew the outcome. And I didn't. So that helped me with my tension because I was never quite sure but what was going to happen. The out, the outcome... I knew the outcome, yeah. I was still tense the entire time. The way he did the trying to get through the airport. He pushed it a little bit far with the little near misses about five different times. If that's how it was, that's how it was, right? But it wasn't. He manufactured most of those from what you can... If you piece it together. Because she said the airport was fine. They just waited for three hours. And, and they did give went. the... Uh, it said on the thing that they did give the storyboards to the uh, dudes. Right. They, in the movie, they give some storyboards yeah. to the uh, airport police dudes. Um, and said, keep them as a gift. Because they're saying to them, look, we're a film crew from yeah. Canada, we're making this cool movie, and blah, blah, blah. But um, I felt like, through the because I kept wondering, you know, you kept thinking, oh, maybe happy ending, but maybe it's a terrible ending. <gasps> maybe it's a good ending, maybe it's a terrible ending. So I had that, he kept me on the edge of my seat since I didn't know the end. I would have liked to, uh, in the movie, they do like a press gathering to raise awareness of the movie. Mo- fake movie. Fake movie. And they do a table reading with with potential stars of the movie. I would like to have heard that table reading of that script. It would have <laughs> been really... Good. I would like that as an extra. You know, like... Oh, uh, yeah. Because they obviously one. all sat down to do... I mean, maybe they didn't read the whole thing. Maybe they did. Right. You know, it would be really fun to hear what ex- even... I think he only did that. It was only the last line, really. Yeah, and it's did. not a good. It's not a good script. They even mentioned quite a few times, don't they? It, it, it doesn't really matter what the script is. They just needed something yeah. that fit. It's kind of, it looked kind of like Flash Gordon, really, didn't it? Like that kind of kind of kitschy kind. But of... But it was seventy nine, remember? Right, but it's that kitschy kind of um, over the top, yeah. real, you know, slocky kind of sci fi. So um, yeah, we both like it. Yes. So let's move on to the cast. Uh, ben Affleck, director and star of this movie, plays Tony Menendez, the main character. Mendez. Mendez, not Menendez. Um, awesome. In both roles. The direction is always brilliant, I think. He's got a really good eye for things. He did a couple of those roundy round shots. I didn't like those. You know, round and round we go. I don't like those. He was... Actually, he did the roundy round thing at the beginning, but then not. So he did it twice. That but that's cinematography, be. isn't it? Is that what we? Yeah, but he's the director. He would have control over that too. Yeah, I always get that mixed up. Like, yeah, but the director tells the cinematographer what to do. See, the roundy round stuff in this really worked for me because that was one of the things where I said it always keeps moving. It felt busy, like, um, like no, don't you're not having a breather here during this scene. We're all talking and it's frantic. I felt frantic all the time. Like, because I know what you mean. It's at the mm-hmm. beginning where they're kind of mm-hmm. walking down corridors and Brian Cranston's... Keeps going around and around stuff. him and I just think... Yeah, I just felt like, like, it's kind of out of breath. Like, oh, God, there's a lot, they're saying a lot of stuff. The camera's... Like, I felt this is a serious situation. See, we the have to saying the of the stuff and following them is fine, but the zooming around and around is See, just... It's I, like, for it once, makes I me think it. of, oh, my God, there's a camera going around them. And I don't like that sort of break in the... 
my concentration. I'm talking to Brian Cranston. He appears here again. He's getting a lot of roles recently. Um, Jack O'Donnelly plays. Um, I like Brian Cranston a lot. Um, I think this is a very different role for him. It, it's 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 just a guy who gets annoyed a few times and he yells a couple times and he's when he yells at that guy to get to do yeah. the fucking job. It's fantastic. Is it? Is it? Yeah, he might be up. Um, I well, I don't think so. He didn't have enough to do for that. He's a co. Well, no, he's not. Is he? No. Who's the co-star of this? Hmm. I would say the the cat the the people who'd be on the screen the most maybe. So Alan Arkin plays Lester Siegel. He's a uh, maybe Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin's a producer, producer of movies who they have to go to to produce a fake movie. Uh, he's not in it a ton. I really like him. He's impactful, though. Yeah, he's it's good. It's good that um, I like I like that when they go to meet him and he's like yeah. getting a lifetime. Ex- I've got to go in a minute. I'm getting a lifetime acceptance, a lifetime achievement. Achievement. Or they don't care <laughs> with his bow tie under. Um, so yeah, and then John Goodman is his partner in crime, John Chambers. Who, interestingly, the real John Chambers was the makeup dude for Planet of the Apes movies, the, uh, the original movie. Yeah, only, and. Said. What was the other thing? That I was like, wow. Spock ears. Spotty invented the ears for Dr. Spock. But he also worked for the CIA, creating prosthetics for people's faces. Yeah, for like, actually getting like out Mission of Impossible, where, yep, they exactly. were, where they have to look different. Well, we don't know about the whole mask no, thing, but, but yeah. I mean, they might have to change the nose or yeah. something. So yeah, um, John Goodman plays him well, I thought. I mean, eh, it's, it's kind always of, John Goodman, though. It's kind of a cheeky character, though, isn't it? Like a little bit. He's but kind he's, of just, a he's just himself. Kind of. I don't... I don't know. I can't get myself behind John Goodman. <laughs> I just can't. I don't. I don't know. You what it know is. when you're behind him. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Maybe something. Maybe I need to watch his whole entire catalog. Maybe I need to watch Babe Ruth because, or hmm. the Babe, or whatever, because he. Everybody says he was brilliant. In Roseanne. That. Roseanne's fine. Big Lebowski. But I mean, uh, I'm not as in love with the Big Lebowski as everyone else. It's pretty good. I should see it again, but. Um, Victor Gardner, or Gartner, plays Ken Taylor, um, and he's grey-haired dude, uh, the Canadian... Mm. Uh, the dad from Alias. Yeah, he's the Canadian, what do you call him? Representative. Ambassador. Ambassador for the, for, you know... Canadian the, government in Tehran. And, uh, you know, he's pretty, to me, in most roles when I see him, he's very similar. Mm-hmm. He is a very similar type of dude. It's serious. And this is pretty similar And controlled. Too. But good. Yeah. Like, I buy him. Like, it, it doesn't feel... If you want somebody who wears a suit and seems <laughs> um, together and uh, serious, yeah, that's your, that's your man, right? I'm I, sure he would <laughs> love to have his entire career boiled down to that. If you want a guy to wear a suit and look real serious, you know that guy from Alias? That's the guy you want. <laughs> now, one of my favorite female actors, Clea Duval, is in here. And I'm not, I don't see her a lot, right? And I've loved her since The Faculty. Robert Rodriguez's um, horror movie from a long time ago now. I've, I've, but you don't see her in a lot of stuff. And in this one, she plays one of the uh, hostages. House guests. House guests, as they call them, <laughs> slash hostages. Um, and she plays Cora Legic. Um, she's really good. I, I, I yeah. like her in everything. She's uh, the best house guest. Yeah, and she's, uh, she's actually... We're going to watch this sooner or later when I get around to it. American Horror Story, but she's actually part of that too. So, um, but I've always liked her. The faculty. 
What was else the first time I saw her. She's been in lots of stuff over the time. Lots of TV stuff, though, mm. of recent years. But the faculty would be the one that you remember her from if you watch the faculty. You have. You've seen mm-hmm. it with me. It's really good, the faculty. It's, like, underrated. Robert Rodriguez's first movie, I believe. Mm. Um, real crazy aliens in a school, in a high school um, movie with lots it of... It was before... Dusted Dust on? Yeah, I think it was. Mm. I think it was. Um, it was... I've got the original DVD, and it was like... I got that when DVDs first started to come out. Like, it was one of my first DVDs. I still have it. So, it must have been... 98? Yeah. Yeah, that's been that's when DVD came out. Um, so, yeah. Uh, then you've got Christopher Denham as her husband, Mark. See, these are the these are the house guests. Carrie Bish as Kathy Stafford. Scoot McNary as Joe Stafford. And Rory... Cochrane as Lee Stafford. So these are the six house guests. All of them played really well, I thought. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to see more about them. Their life as a... Yeah. Yeah, because you just see them as working in that and then... Yeah. And and there's not really many conversations between them. Like, I would have liked to see more of them in the house. Yeah, because you don't feel... I don't... That's the only thing missing. The only thing I know is, like, their couple and their couple. Is the feeling... Of their frustration being held essentially hostage, not in a violent way, because they're drinking wine. And no, they're just... It's a really nice house. They're not house. living it up or anything, though. But it's... You get no concept other than being bored. And But in the in the reality, they said they were bored. Yeah, and trapped as well, though. Right. But you don't get any sense of it, like... That their marriages are suffering, or that they've missed. I mean, their you got children. a little bit of one of them saying, no "I've got to that, go outside." Yeah, but you get no clue that, like, you know, my family doesn't know if I'm okay. None of that is introduced at all, and I don't know what the purpose. Um, more I think about it, maybe I'll figure out why. I guess that's a whole other element. To See, add that's to what it. I felt missing too. That yes, we knew, and it was hinted at a little. Because they bit. felt safe to me, and I'm like, why bother getting them out? Well, no. But until the end, when you're told, well, this is going to close down and they have to. But other than that, why not? Why, there's no tension for me other than everybody saying they got to get them out. I'm like, well, they're safe. Well, they were not fine. safe at all because if they stepped out of the door, they'd probably but get shot. But that's what I'm saying. They don't. They don't. And put, then there was this time. There's no like pressure from the outside and the pressure from the inside to make me feel more immediate. I think the pressure from the outside was, and this was really interesting, that. Um, all the shredded documents that were taken from God, the embassy. That's amazing. Never even knew that existed. They've thrown them all into this big room and then thrown a, a bunch of kids in there, basically. The Iranian people Iranian, who took the yeah, embassy, yeah. And a, a bunch of like slave labor kids to piece together and try and find the bits that match each other. And as throughout the movie, we're seeing that they're getting closer to pictures of these people by putting them together on these boards. Um, and eventually... <laughs> Do they, you reckon that was real? I don't know. I have to look that up. I think it probably was. I mean, why would that? Because that seems really far-fetched as well. But if you are of the... And they were super organized, the Iranian hostage-taker people. Like, really organized, really well. They have a good network and all that. So it was plausible that they would have someone to try to piece together the shreds. Because back then, a shredder simply cut little strips that were quite wide, actually. I was going to say, this, if this movie's anything as well, it's a, a advertisement for buying a good cross-cut shredder. And yeah. not, <laughs> not a strip one. But in, the, yeah. in this time, they had no choice. That was the only shredder there was, right? That was the government-approved shredder, the one yeah. they used. But yeah, you could piece that together quite easily because 
when you shred something, it all sticks together and it's usually, you know, nobody goes separating it all. It just gets kind of And they had together. no time, so it was all no. just in the bins. So you just... could do those. So that was the time, that was supposed to be the ratcheting of the tension every time it showed you those pictures coming together. But I don't yeah. think it kind of showed them enough. Like Exactly. But yeah, that was the only thing I missed. But I did feel that there was danger just in the fact that they can't leave that house. They can't go and wander around. It's like... um, Right, but then my thought was, well, that's fine. You stay in that house and you drink your wine and you hang out until the other hostages are rescued, which are released, or the whole thing goes away. Oh, they barge through your door and shoot you in one day. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. They don't present that at all. Right. There is no... Well, maybe where the dude comes to the gate... Yeah, but that's later. Yeah, it's that's later. at the end. So, I just needed a few. I just felt little... that that was going to happen anyway. Like at some point, somebody was going to. But come based on what? Just they check everywhere for everybody, like you know. But they weren't. There was none of that. There was no like. Didn't we didn't see no? But I, I just thought that because it was right. such a. But it wasn't presented a, to us because the at all. country was so. Like, you had to check everything all the time. Like I was just assuming eventually somebody would ask them who they are, like or try and figure them out. But why? That wasn't presented to us really clearly. If I had seen soldiers well, storming lots of apartment doors looking for Americans or them doing some raids on, on the communities and, and saying, bring out, you know, if you have American friends or American he- guests and we want them in the streets, you know, none of that except focusing on the eventually looking for these six people. But that was not argue because this is how it went. Well, we don't know that. Well, according to the... This is the Hollywood telling. Right, but I was reading and the documents there and it, and they, from the main guy, and it's pretty much the story. It's, well, it takes lots of licenses when you, you know... Yeah, but the accounts from the, the house, they, they say they were fear for their lives every day. Yeah, sure. if it wasn't portrayed... Um, that wasn't portrayed, that's what I'm right. saying. They were bored. Like, in their minds, people were going to come, they were all... Exactly. Gonna, they, all the time, like, you but know, we the didn't gates were going to open... Any even even one conversation would have cemented it for me. Like, oh, oh God, imagine, you know. So everybody did a good job. That's what we're trying to say. Director Ben Affleck directed Gone Baby Gone and The Town, mm. both excellent movies. If you're not seeing them, you should definitely. Um, this, you know, he's going down as a fantastic American director. What I like about him, and I like about some directors, is there is no stamp of his on his movies. If you think of Tony Scott, you think of a style. If you think of Kevin Smith, you think of a style, with a couple of exceptions. When you think of... Steven Spielberg, you don't Quentin think Tarantino. of a style. Exactly. <laughs> but you think of Tarantino or Rodriguez, they have a thing, a stamp. Paul Thomas Anderson, but someone like Steven Spielberg. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, that's where I'm putting Ben Affleck for the rest next 40 years, is establishing himself as a person who can make really solid movies that have everything going for them. And you know? totally different topics. Absolutely. That's what Spielberg does. He doesn't stick to one super thing. super high quality. All the detail and the... You know, you don't want to be known as, oh, he's the dude who makes political movies or he's the dude that makes, you know... I think well, that's depends. good that he changes... If you're good at it, that's fine, it but... Yeah. You know, because I think he could direct anything, to be honest. Like any he, style. He could have got stuck with the whole... You know, Boston thing. Yeah. But. It could have been a Boston trilogy, couldn't it? <laughs> no. Can we drop the. Oh, no, what I mean now? is this this movie could have been the third movie. <laughs> this could have been another Boston movie, like you say, about heists or about. Yeah, true. Rough living in Boston, you know? Um, 
So, Blu-ray extras, and there are a few. I do believe that there'll be a collector's edition of this down the line, especially if it does well tomorrow night. Um, Because Mm -hmm. this one, while it does have some extras, is not, you know, definitive, really. But what it does include is picture-in-picture eyewitness account, which is a picture-in-picture mode, which gives you uh, the chaos of revolutionary revolutionary Iran comes to life with survivors' stories. So it's the stories of the real people as the movie plays. So there's a reason to watch the movie again. Yeah, really good. Rescued from Tehran, We Were There. Now, this is a really good featurette. So it's President Jimmy Carter, the real Tony Mendez, and the actual house guests recounting the um, experiences. And we watched that, and it was really good. Um, Because... You know, you don't get a president in a featurette very often, do you? Talking. No, never. Um, then there's Argo Absolute Authenticity, which is Ben Affleck explaining uh, how he recreated the uh, the crisis, the hostage crisis at the beginning of the film. Then there's the CIA and the Hollywood Connection, which is um, Tony Mendez and Ben Affleck expose the secrets behind the phony movie. Then there's Escape from Iran which goes inside the Canadian government for a riveting look at the risks the Canadians took to shelter their closest neighbours. And then finally, there's a feature-length commentary with Ben Affleck and the writer Chris Terea. Um So, there's three... Um, there's three... You could watch this movie three times. One with the commentary, one just normal, and one with the picture-in-picture thing, so... Yeah, it's quite. It's actually really full of features. Yeah, FYI, I just looked up and I was correct. Alan Arkin is the one who has actually been nominated for supporting role for Academy Award. Has been. He has been nominated for right. that. It's also been nominated for best achievement in editing, music, sound editing, sound mixing, and picture of the year and screenplay. Yeah. Good variety there, but not best actor because I think people have a bias again. I don't. I don't know that Ben's part was Ben. <laughs> We're on first name basis. I don't know that his part is really. He does a good job, but it's not like one of those, like, you know, major I gutsy get, big yeah. time roles. I don't know. I see. I Alan Arkin. While he's fine in it. I, well, is it? To, it's to do with how much screen time you have, isn't it? I, I was going to say, there's other people in there, like Cranston, I would But he like wasn't better. great. He didn't have No, a... I liked Cranston better than Arkin, a lot. Because you like him. No, I mean, just, I actually liked the the words, the, yeah, I liked his... his lines, I liked his character better, for me. But there's nothing... He's a little less light-hearted than the Arkin character. Right, but I mean, his part wasn't, there was nothing caricature about him at all. It was a dude who was doing his job well, and stressed out. There's nothing He's just like yes, a, he was. Producer he was a total with character. Like a funny kind of... Yeah, he was a total act. character. Like, he had a real... He had to totally take on a different persona to be that person. Because he's not like that when you see him in interviews and stuff. Whereas Cranston, it's a dude... I've always seen him like that. Oh, I don't think so at all. That's how in I movies, picture In movies, yeah. But yeah. not in real life. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's, I think it's deserved. So you could say he's just doing the same thing he always does. Because I always see that persona from Alan Arkin. Always. Like, kind of... Um, Smart alecky. Uh, I don't give a shit kind of guy. Like, you know, kind of no, like... Well, not always. Maybe that you've seen, but not yeah. always. So, um, yeah, I would give it to Brian Cranston. So, F you Oscar people. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense. But whatever. Just because right. you like him. 
It does make sense if I he was. He doesn't the contribute that much to the movie overall. That's the difference. Oh, I think he contributes a hell of a lot. I no, almost think I he's the mean... heart of the movie, like in the actual, um, you know. In fact, the plane ticket part yeah. would not have occurred without this character. I'm not saying he's not an intro. In... That's why I see him as the heart of it. But he's not. It would have all gone to shit without him. Yeah, but him as a character is not the heart of the movie at all. He just. His character is the heart of the plot. No, his character isn't, but the function of that guy is. But not the character. Not how he is and who he is and his persona. That's not the heart of it. See, to me, he's he's at the top of his game. That is, he's playing like, that persona is fantastic. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Fair enough. I just think it's... Uh, Whereas I see Arkin as just kind of, it doesn't do anything for me. Whereas... I feel stuff from the performance of um, Brian Cranston, especially the actual pivotal moment. I felt that moment, like I felt the moment and felt it in real life too. Like if somebody was saying, "Like, look, everybody's pussyfooting around it. I, I've got to do something, otherwise, some people are going to die." You know, right? But it's very functional, and it's not that. It's not very. No, the way he portrays it. Sure. It's, but it's very emotional, very well done, I, th- I think. I'm not saying it isn't well done, but it isn't the heart of anything to me. Right, to you. To me, I would He's a cog. Constantly... He's a cog in the machine to get it all going. Yeah, but so is everybody in this movie. No, I think Ben Affleck's character is the heart of well, the movie. Well, I can. He's a cog as well, yeah. but his persona as an actor and a performer I disagree pulls completely. on more than Cranston's does no i think to me cranston's way more a part of the plot the movie as he is than he is uh disagree i think they're equal in terms because yes of getting, there is a section where Arkin has to go and yeah they're the equal in terms of their functions the getting things pushed forward so you could say their functions are equal. i guess i was more moved by brian cranston then is what i'm saying in a, right, in and a you really, way. really like Brian Cranston, and you have a hard time being unbiased. <laughs> no, I don't think that is the case here. I, I feel if I, I'm feeling like both performances coming at me, mm-hmm. and I have to judge them both, subtracting who they both are. You can't. I was definitely more moved by Cranston's. Just he had a better, he had better lines and everything. In my opinion, he, his, his part of the script is more powerful because it because it's the crux of the entire movie but they're basically the same kind of character but on the each each like wing right we'll, we'll have to agree to disagree <laughs> but um yeah well, I i'm not gonna it... agree to disagree because you're wrong no obviously not <laughs> um so uh yeah that's it this is um digital copy ultraviolet and dvd copy so you can see it all different ways uh ultraviolet i am a big fan of so that is pretty awesome um, so yeah, Argo might be p- picture of the year tomorrow. We can't say it today, but it could be tomorrow, right? I think it'll win something if it's up for seven, right? Mm, we'll see. Um, so thanks to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray, and uh, if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. We've got some contests going at the moment. Next week's Blu-ray review will be another Oscar-nominated movie, The Sessions. Um, so yeah, we'll be reviewing that one next week. So, um, what's the new movie game thing? Movie year. Yeah. You say movie, I say the year, I say movie, you say the year. That's it. 
not very interesting title or concept, but in fact, it does stump us almost every time. All right, here we go. All right, here's yours. Schindler's List, because we're going to be reviewing it very soon. Hmm. Schindler's List. Oh my god, I just really don't know. Let me think. 1999. There's a huge clue there. You're wrong, but there's Schindler's List, and it's the something anniversary edition on the spine there. 20th anniversary edition. Right. 1993. Oh, that's close. You mean, well, 99, 93. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's close. That's close. And I forgot what mine is. So Wrong. Don't look at my screen. Oh. Look away, look away. I'm looking away, but that means I'm not facing the microphone, so I can't okay. really say anything. Apollo 13. Apollo 13 would be... Uh, 95? Ninety-five. I'm wrong, probably, but yeah, 1995. What about... See, this is one of those puzzling ones when I was thinking about it. What makes you... Puts it... For me, I can't even... I couldn't even imagine what year it is because I can't pinpoint it. What makes you think of 95? First thing I did in my head was go, Armageddon, 1999. Was it before... What's that got to do with Apollo 13? I don't know. Was it before Armageddon? This is... I'm giving you my thought process. Armageddon was 99? Yeah. I bought it on blue. I bought it on DVD in 1999, so it must have been 98. Yeah, absolutely. So, was it before that? Yes, it seemed like it was. 1995 was my answer. That's all I did. That was my whole... <laughs> <laughs> well, you're correct. Well, I am. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so, I don't even give you that point because it wasn't even like you were really trying. You just came to that That's conclusion good, isn't it? randomly. That's pretty good. No, not randomly. I explained my thought process. I judge everything from Armageddon. <laughs> don't go, tell. Don't was admit it before that. or after Armageddon? Don't admit that to people. <laughs> I don't mind Armageddon, but a lot of people might. I love Armageddon. You can say what you want about it. I love it. You still love it. I do. I could watch it right now. It's great. <laughs> I don't want to close my eyes. Yeah, see, I roll my eyes just Ben Affleck? Uh-huh. There you go. Oh, you have a love affair with Affleck. Then. I'm leaving on What else has you been in that's, you know... Uh, Chasing Amy, possibly one Daredevil. of the best performers. Daredevil. Um, that's it. Paycheck. <laughs> that's terrible. Paycheck. I don't know if it's terrible. Has he been in any other big boring. blockbusters as, as on the scale of Armageddon? Big, big. I don't know. I don't recall. He was Jack Ryan. Yeah, what? yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he was, wasn't he? I don't know which one it was. Clear and Present yes. Danger? Yeah. Hmm. Forces of nature. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it, yeah. So there, <laughs> yeah, well, at least that ties to it. All right, movie recommendations for this week. I am going with, and I was going on this movie, Argo, and how it has that tension thing the entire time. So I was going with Midnight Express, which is about a guy who gets caught smuggling some drugs through... Turkey. Turkey, and then ends up in a Turkish prison. It's full of tension, that movie. In fact, the the opening sequence where he's got the drug strapped to him and he's going through the passport control... You already know bad things are going to happen. But it makes... You're on the edge of your seat because he's so... Don't give a shit about it. Like, he's, he's nervous, but he's got this kind of attitude where it's like, I'm like, just going through yeah, here. Yeah, I'm getting through. Yeah. But you're not, mate. And then you're going to 
Somebody's so if you don't know about that movie, but you've heard people say or make a comment about a Turkish prison and in a very bad context, this is the movie to maybe watch. Of course, it's going to be exaggerated. It's a Hollywood movie. But that's why people might refer to Turkish prisons in a, in a negative way. Yeah, because you of that movie. It doesn't paint the Turkish prison system nicely. It does um, not. And it does look like pretty bad. Tar- terrible. Uh, and my other one is uh, Steven Spielberg's Munich, which is a really something I didn't know anything about exactly. going into it. Another story that you a, 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 you know, a real life story. Um which you watch the movie to find out, but it's about the Olympics when they were in Munich. Um and a political uh mm-hmm. thing that was going on at the time. I don't want to spoil it. You should watch it. But yeah, it's very similar to Argo in that way. It's a dramatization of a real life event. Um and it's re- again really really tense. Eric Banana is in it. Um, you should watch it. Eric Ben. Again, Steven Spielberg. You wouldn't know that was a Steven no, Spielberg film. No, you wouldn't. It, it, like most of his films, he just... But it's like super high quality, really well done. Like a solid movie. That makes a difference. Mine are... Because today I was listening to... I believe it's called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on public radio. And they had on the phone, to answer some silly trivia questions, um, the author of... The two books that led to these movies, The World According to Garp and Cider House Rules. And it was a guy who you could tell was a little bit, he's a little bit like, you know, this is all a bit ridiculous. Because they ask you funny questions and, you know, it's all kind of, it's jovial, but he's real serious. Obviously his movie, his stories are quite serious. And he revealed, not revealed, everyone knows it, but he was talking about how he uses no computer, no typewriter. He uses a computer in life, but not to write his novels. He only uses a pad of paper and a pen. And he still does to this day. And I just thought, wow, now makes me want to read the books and then find all of his other books. And are there any other movies by those started as a novel from this guy? I forget his name. Jack, Jack Frost. (laughs) John Uh. Frost. I can't remember. But anyway, The World According to Garp. I need to watch it again. I probably watched it 50 times when I was in high school because it was on HBO a lot. And Cider House Rules, I've seen it once, and it was, it's, an, it's a really, We've really seen good Cider House. Cider House, yeah. I've seen it. Cider House Rules, I've seen it once. Who was in that? Michael Caine and uh Yeah, Spider-Man. it's really good. Yeah, Spider-Man guy. When he was little. He wasn't little. <laughs> he was little, huh? Yeah. He's always little, isn't it's he? Really He's really good. So, um, games and Ace Scully stuff for this week. I am going for... Well, this week, there was a huge announcement made on... <clears throat> That's a relative comment. On Tuesday night, Sony held... All things are relative. Sony held a huge press conference to announce their new console. And like their last... Uh, when they announced the PS3, their uh, slogan was, The next generation doesn't start until we say it does. Well, they didn't say that this time. They weren't being so cocky. But um, they announced a new console uh, entitled... The PlayStation 4. Really imaginative title there, you know? Well, I don't blame them. I mean, you've had the PS1, PS2, PS3. Correct. You might as well keep with the brand, right? People know what it is. You don't want to change it. Let me just get this out there right now. Everything in relation to this particular story and Sony and consoles and what they call it and what it looks like and how big it is, the whole world doesn't care. Video game people care. Right, and this is games and Ace Ghost. Exactly. I'm just saying it's huge in your world. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it was pretty huge. Anyway, <laughs> anyway they announced it. Um, there was a big conference. It lasted for two hours. It was kind of interesting to watch. But I'll just sum it up. What happened was they 
came on stage and said, we've got this new console called the PS4. It will be out holiday 2013. You'll be able to buy one then. There was no price announcement. There was no... You couldn't see... You know, they didn't show the console. They showed the controller, which we've already seen, kind of, because it leaked out about a month ago, and there was pictures of the controller. Um, So what's new? It's the PS4. It's super powerful. Now, I'll tell you what's new, and this is not... In, this is interesting. Um, why the developers didn't like the PS3 was because it was really hard to program games for it. Because it wasn't like a PC. It was the complete opposite to being like a PC, to being a PC to program for. So, whereas on the other hand, the Xbox 360 was um, like a PC. So... The PS3 um, had this this chip inside it called the cell chip that Sony invented themselves. And it made the developer's job really hard because they had to learn this whole new thing to program games. And porting games from the 360 to the PS3 was harder than it should have been because they had to rewrite the code. Now, what they've gone for this time with the PS4 is basically a, a PC. It's an x86 processor like you have in your PC. And uh, it's got... RAM, 8 gigabytes of RAM this time, which is a huge amount for a console. A lot. What does the normal one have? Um, the, like, f- like half a gig in the PS3, I believe. So you always have to buy something to give you more memory. No. You just, that's it. That's all it ever has. Oh, I'm thinking of, right, I'm thinking of saving things to this particular... No, I'm talking about RAM. Right. So, right. so the, like, your computer has 8 gigabytes of RAM in it. Now, the PS4 is going to have 8 gigabytes of RAM. What that means is, and you might think, well, it doesn't matter. No, it does. Like, the PS3 is notoriously slow. When you press to bring the... When you're playing a game and you press to bring your dashboard up to chat to your friends, it's very, very slow because it has to page all the game out of RAM because there's not very much of it and load the dashboard in. Now, with 8 gigabytes of RAM, everything would be really super fast. You'd be able to go from Netflix to a game to... Instantly. Because it can hold everything in RAM. Right. So the only trouble is, putting a lot of RAM in a console makes it expensive. Because RAM's not expensive, but it makes the console more expensive. So what this is basically is a very powerful PC. Um, The kind of PC that you'd spend about $1,500 on. Um, We don't know how much it's going to be yet, but I would say under $500. So as far as that goes, it's a... It's going to be a powerful PC, and what that means—it's not because you can only play games on it and surf the web, and Netflix and YouTube, right? But everything you can't that they really put compute. No, well, web browser. But I couldn't sit there and like write a novel and save a word document. We don't know how it's going to go. Maybe they will have apps and things like that. Who knows? But uh, as it stands, though, it means it's uh, off-the-shelf kind of parts. Is what I'm getting at. They can buy the RAM from people already make that RAM for PCs, right? So they just need to buy that RAM. It's not specialized stuff. Theoretically, it should be cheaper for them to make because those parts already exist. They don't have to design a new processor. But RAM's pretty big. Wouldn't they want to streamline the size and everything? Oh, it's all going to be like laptop size stuff. So that's special. It already exists. Oh, right, right. Like the stuff that's in your laptop, the small RAM. Um, And what the best thing about that is converting games from the 360 or whatever the new Xbox is to the PS3 would be very easy because they're the same kind of platform. So it will make game development really easy. And the upshot of that is game developers won't um and ah about getting on board. They'll just make games for it 
Because right. they'll, cause before they were like, well, the development time for a PS3 game is twice as long as a 360. Screw that, we'll just make a 360 game. Are there limitations to? For the PS3? Yeah. It's, it's a little bit weaker than the 360. Yeah, and that's right. why a lot of the good games came on the 360. And a lot, you know when you find a game is on the 360 and the PS3? Like the same game, like Grand Theft Auto. It's always a bit better on the 360. The reason being, they make the 361 first because it's the easiest, and then they convert it to the PS3. Right. And along the way, they have to make oh, we have to the shadowing do, doesn't make it run as fast, so we have to take some of the shadowing out. Like yeah. That. So now they'll be on an even foot when these two consoles come out. Um, the other thing was the controller is new. It's got like a share button on it. When you press the share button. You can share your gameplay with YouTube or Twitch TV immediately. Will it's, you use that? I would try it out. It's always recording your gameplay 24 hours a day. Um, excite, the very exciting thing for me, and this is a weird feature, is just some small thing, is you can suspend the console for the first time ever. Instead of turning the console off when you finish, which is what you have to do now, and then next time you want to play a game, you have to boot it up, wait for the dashboard to load, load the disc, then play the game takes about three or four minutes to get into your game you can suspend your console in the middle of a game so you can be playing a game and you say dinner's ready that's where the ram comes in right? you hold the button it goes to sleep like your pc does and as soon as you press the button within a second your game's playing again hold on how can they record every single player's game 24 7 well while you while you're playing it's always recording your game onto your address right, but that's millions of people at the same exact time yeah but your console is doing it to itself. Yeah, and then, then you go in then you go so into how much, how, how much hard drive space did you say it has? It doesn't they didn't say. I'm expecting a terabyte though. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, okay. because we had five hundred meg we had five hundred gigabytes. But even then that would PCs. run out really fast with saving. It depends video. what kind of compression and things they use. Yeah. I thought you meant they save it like to the cloud. No, but what you, what happens is so say it's it's always recording so you don't have to think about that. So I'm playing and I do something awesome and I say to you, Oh my god, look at this what I just did. I can, I can go never into do my, it again, yeah. Go into my archive, say, upload that bit, that 10 seconds to YouTube. It goes up, it's kept forever, right? I'm right. assuming it writes over it eventually. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. It has to have some sort of setting that... But it's an amazing feature. Sure. And, I mean, that feature exists in Call of Duty. Um, there's, you can do that. You can go in, record a movie of your last few games, and then send them up to YouTube. But this is for every game. And the other feature is, because that works like that, is you can... As you're playing a game, your friend on your friends list can say, oh, look, A. Scully's playing Uncharted. Click on me and watch me play the game. Yeah, that's a cool feature. So they'll get my feed and what I'm recording. It'll be streamed to them and they'll just watch it, which is amazing. Things like that is what they build an end. So there's a share button on the controller that's specifically for these sharing to the internet moments. Now, I think that's really cool, but I hope we don't get bugged by it because I don't want to be playing like... Grand Theft Auto... Well, no. Let's say, like, Skyrim. And I'm in this medieval world. And I do something cool and it pops up on the screen. Do you want to share that to Facebook? Because it kind of takes me out of the game. Do you get what I mean? There's yeah. no Facebook in Skyrim. What are you talking about? I'm in the medieval world. I want to... Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be pulled out by this modern shit. Just, like, leave me alone. I'll do it if I want to by pressing the button, right? Um, it's going to have PlayStation Eye built in. So the controllers have the PlayStation Eye glowy ball thing built into them what's that mean playstation i playstation i is the like connect but for playstation the, oh, right. the, for playstation 3 it was a camera that sits on top of your tv and you had these little ones with glowing balls yep. on top 
well, instead of the ones with the glowing balls, every controller, the DualShock 4, has the glowing ball on it. It's not a ball this time, though. It's flat, but it's the, the colour. So the console can see the controller all the time. So if it if it's a game that requires motion, instead of it just being gyroscopes, it can see the controller. So that should make motion games more, you know, accurate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's no price. It'll be out in uh, holidays. Um, they showed some games. The game showing wasn't that exciting, but I can understand why. At E3, they're going to show all the big games, right? They've got to save something. Um, what they did show was cool looking, really, really excellent graphics. Graphics that are unbelievable compared to what we see today. Um, Killzone, they showed a new Killzone. It looked like a really high-end PC game. Um, They showed... And then they showed some, like, trailers and stuff that looked like CG. I mean, they looked amazing. But I think they might have been CG. Yeah, exactly. With, like, an overlay. Like, they put a thing over the... There was one called Deep Down, where there's these guys... It's from Capcom, and they're fighting in this dungeon, and there's a dragon breathing fire, and it looks like the most. It looks like you're in the cinema watching a CG movie. It's so good, and there's a little. I noticed they put a little score at the top, and there's a little like life bar, and then this play. But I'm like, no, nah, I think you just put a score and a life bar over a video that you made because there's nobody playing it. It's just this video, so I think they were just yeah potential um, potential. This is what it might look like. Um, and then uh, Squaresoft came on the stage and said, Our big, we have a big announcement to make. And uh, I thought, oh, this would be cool. And he said, our big announcement is, at E3 this year, we're going to announce a Final Fantasy game. So I was like, okay, is that it? It's like your big announcement? <laughs> so well, that's a big deal. So your announcement is, you're going to make an announcement at E3. Well, no, they're telling well done, you yes. to get ready. No, come on. They're telling you to get ready for information about a new Final Fantasy game. Why is that weird? Right, but their announcement was they're going to make an announcement. They're not going to make an announcement today. But right, they're giving you... You're, an... You live in that world of anticipation. I just you thought told that was me... funny. Yeah, but it makes total sense. There was some actual real... We're going to tell you all about it, and now you can start thinking about it, anticipating it, and then we'll tell you everything later. And some of the funniest parts of the conference were, like, language barrier stuff. Like, when Japanese guys get up on stage and start talking in English... And you don't know what they're saying at all. There was one guy, and I was listening very intently, and I have no idea what he said. He said a bunch of stuff, and then he went, thank you, and clapped, and walked off. Are you making fun of Japanese people? No, I'm saying it was intentionally <laughs> funny. Because he said a load of stuff in English. Oh, it was intentionally funny. No, not intentionally oh. funny. Unintentionally funny. Uh, he uh, said a load of stuff in English, and then he said thank you, and clapped, and walked off. And I swear nobody knew what he said. And he was announcing something, but I still don't know what that announcement was. I don't know where he was from, what that was. So there was things like that. And there's always weird hiccups in these um, conferences where for years to come you remember it. Like when Kaz Harai shouted Ridge Racer on the stage that one year. and It was just weird. Oh yeah, that that time. Of course I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, um, well yeah, in fact that's the thing. A PlayStation can't come out without a Ridge Racer. There was no Ridge Racer announcement. Disappointing. Yeah, but they're not done telling you everything yet. That's going to come no. on E3. So um, I'm looking forward to well, the more information to come. E3 is obviously going to So what are you going to do with your PlayStation 3s? 
Well, yeah, that's a that's a point. None of the games that free PlayStation Three are compatible with the new system, and anything you bought on the PlayStation Store is also not compatible with the new system. So you PS- keep it hanging around. Yeah, keep it hanging around for all your games. Uh, yeah, in fact, isn't you know when a new console comes out, a lot of people sell their old one to get the new one. But in this case, if you liked all those PS Three games, you're not going to be able to do that unless unless and this is what I think will happen: the PS Four will have. PS3, HD, you buy them again and they'll play on the PS4. Like, um, yeah. you know, they've been doing all these remakes of old PS2 games, but high resing them up. Yeah. I bet you they do the Uncharted trilogy, but now with PlayStation 4 graphics, but it's the old game, but with better graphics. I bet they start doing that because that seems to me like a good avenue to, you know. Yeah. People love Uncharted. And they say, this is Uncharted like you've never seen it before. Twice the resolution, and not twice the resolution, but twice the graphics power, all that kind of stuff. I see that occurring. So that you, so if you bought all those games for the PS3, probably going to have to buy them all again. I mean, that's what we did this, that's what we did this console cycle, right? In the but P- I mean, what we do with the console itself, you got two of them. Well, they're Blu-ray players, aren't they? So it's yeah. not like they're not like they're um, they're Netflix players, they're YouTube players. It's not like they're useless. True. Um, and the, it's not like when the PS4 comes out, the PS3 just automatically stops working. <laughs> True. It'll all work. So, um, so yeah, that's the PS4 announcement. I expect within a month or two, Microsoft will come forward with some information about their co- their console. I am on the fence of which one to buy. Because? Um, I'll probably buy them both eventually. But to start with... I'm sorry, did you say probably? Well, yes, I will. <laughs> yes. But, we know you will. But, but, you know, if they both came out in November, I wouldn't buy them both on the same day. I would choose between them. And my choice would be purely down to which one has the best games, which one has Grand Theft Auto Five. Uh, which one will you play Call of Duty which on? Which one has Call question. of Duty on and which one, do my, which one are my, all my friends going to buy? My all my friends go for the PS4, then that's where I pl- that's where I'll play Call of Duty. Hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of. Well, if your friends don't even buy one. Everybody I've spoke to are buying a next gen console uh, this year. Um, they will get one. They right. don't. They also don't know which one because there's not enough information. Right. right so, um, I think you'll find that with gamers, it's like uh, if there's a new console, and it doesn't happen very often, a new console, as you know, seven, eight years it's been. Yeah. We'll go out and get one. I For li- both of them? Yeah, I lined up in Walmart for my Correct. 360 uh, <laughs> for, for the entire day. Well, from like two o'clock in the afternoon until midnight. And, Correct. And got one on launch day. Um, this time, I'm going to organize it a little bit better and org- order it from Amazon for overnight delivery. So I don't have to do deal with any of that. It'll be pricey, right? No, it'll be the same price as it would be anywhere else. In fact, it'd be less because there's no tax on Amazon, right? I thought there were reserve charges or something. No, they just put up like a um, fake price because they don't know what the price is going to be. For the PS4, it's $1,000 you have to... Um, That's crazy. Obviously, it's not $1,000. They don't know what it'll cost, so they're just going for the highest. Yeah. Right? Um but yeah, you'll be able to pre-order one of these consoles on Amazon or Walmart. What or if somewhere. it is eight hundred dollars? It won't be. I know, but what if it was? I wouldn't buy it. <laughs> you would eventually. They have they have said this week that games won't be any higher though. You know, people would say, oh, maybe games will cost more. They're, no, but Sony at least have said 
our games will be priced from $10, which will be a downloadable game, to $60 for a retail title. So it's the same prices. That means, like Sly Cooper that I bought the other week, there was $40. Those could exist too, right? Sure. So it's just, there'll be a, you know, it won't be any higher than 60 which I was fearing it was going to be 70 So that's good. Yes, because they're not completely insane. They know they can't ever expect people no. to spend that kind of money on entertainment. One thing in my mind I was thinking of, and everybody's like, no, the PS4 is going to be really expensive, really expensive. Now, I was thinking about it this week, and because it's all relatively off-the-shelf parts that they're making this PS4 from, compared to that... You know, when the PS3 came out, Blu-ray was brand new, and they made the risk of the, this big gamble, we'll put Blu-ray in our new console, because it will sell Blu-ray. It was the right thing to do, because it did... For a period of time, people were buying PS3s to play Blu-rays, because Blu-ray players are even more expensive, and if you're going to buy one, might as well buy one that plays games, right? So, and Blu-ray drives were really expensive back then and that's why the PlayStation 3 was so expensive well now with the PS4 it's going to have a Blu-ray drive Blu-ray drives are cheap now you can get one for like 50 bucks this new processor is a PC processor the RAM is a PC RAM that like should make be noisy this, the, we don't know but that means that that box should actually be cheaper for them to make than the PS3 because it's all stuff that's available it's not stuff that's cutting edge and brand new even though it's powerful it's you know an 8 core CPU like like the one I've got in my PC it's that kind of thing so I'm hoping that they get a really good price with it like $300 who knows <laughs> I mean they could if they take a little maybe take a little bit of a hit on the consoles like they did with the PS3 and you know to give it to give everybody a good price and say look we're, we're and we're serious like we want people to buy this we're not Remember last time, the PS3, Kazar stood on the stage and said, uh, this is a luxury console. Yeah. You're going to have to save for this because it will be $599. He said something about, what did he say? You aspire to it. Mm. It was just some bullshit that he said. <laughs> I think this time they're going to have to change that. Yeah. So um, I've also been playing one game this week only. And it's um, Trial... It's not Trial... I don't even know what this game's called, right? Because... I'll just call it Trials HD on the Vita. It's a motorcycle game on the Vita. Now, there's a very famous motorcycle game on the Xbox called Trials HD. It's awesome. It's like a motocross game. You go over obstacles. You do it... with the floppy people? Yeah. You go over obstacles. You get to the end of the track. Um, it's This is basically a knockoff of that game. It's like a cheap knockoff of it. But it's really, really good. It's like they just copied them completely but made that game. But it's not called Trials HD. It's the same thing. You're a guy on a motorbike, you go over things. Why is it fun then? Why can't you just play the original? Because it's not on a handheld, the original. It's oh, on the Xbox. So right, this, right. this is the first time we've had a handheld game of that type. It's got leaderboards. If you're a PS Plus member, it's very cheap. I think it's $4.99. Oh, right. Um, and it's got a lot of challenges, and it looks really good graphically, and it's on the Vita. It's, I, don't, <laughs> I wish I could tell you what it's called. I think it's got the word extreme in the title. But it's so generic, apart from the gameplay. Um, the third thing on my list this week is... Uh, it's been snowing. Yeah, here it is right here. Oh. Um, so what, what happened this week with the snow? Yeah, snow was... Uh, crazy. What are you doing there? 
I'm just making my thing wake up. Oh, I see. Right. Do I have to look at your eyes? Every no, I'm just trying second. to get your input. You see, so no, you were. I was asking you a question. Still, no, I was asking you a question about the snow this week. I know, but it snowed. Yeah, but like, what, <laughs> what happened? It snowed, and we scooped the driveway. It was right? like really heavy snow, right? Like a- right. Well, in one day it snowed several inches, and then we scooped out the driveway for a couple of hours. Right. And I wasn't thinking about that. I was just <laughs> oh, thinking about right. how heavy the snow was this week. Well, one day. Now it's melting, and it's going to come back again. Apparently, Monday or Tuesday. All right. So we. Had so then some we'll snow. scoop it again. Yeah. <laughs> Our driveway scooping. is quite big, so well, it's not as long as a lot of people's, but yeah, it takes a while to scoop it out. Luckily, it wasn't more than. The snow we were scooping was probably about six inches of it that had landed in our driveway. Yeah, it was a bit deeper than that at the end of the driveway at where the, the snowplow had been. Yeah, the snowplow always... They need to invent something that... Doesn't make a big wall. <laughs> that doesn't... That can just suck up the snow <laughs> somehow, melt it and evaporate it very instantly instead of spraying it around the sides of the streets. But that sounds a little high-tech. So, Or have a street that heats up and has grates, and then it melts the snow, and all the snow just goes down into the street. That would be genius. Just rebuild all the roads. Like perforated streets. Yeah. Heated. That would be a future streets. thing, wouldn't it? Because. Yeah. So, uh, and finally, for me, I mentioned the Oscars, but uh, I wanted to mention these. Uh, I've got some new fans for my PC this week called Noctua Fans. They're a company from... How do you spell that? N-O-C-T-U-A. Right. Noctua. Okay. And they're a company from Switzerland, I believe, that make engineer very high-quality PC fans. And you're probably thinking, what are PC fans? Well, if you've got a PC, highly likely it's got a fan inside it. And you can probably hear that fan if you sit near your PC and go, what's that weird noise when my PC's on? Well, that'll be the fan. Most people don't seem to care. No, well... annoying to some of us. Noctua make extremely high quality PC fans and what I mean by that is like they're like if you look at cars and then you look at the top end of cars like Ferraris and Lamborghinis these are like that in the world of PC case fans they're like highly engineered and very high quality components and the other thing is they've got really long uh, failure Um, everything you buy a fan any fan you buy for a PC have a number on the box that'll show you how long it will be until it fails. Most of them are twenty to thirty thousand hours. Hours, right? So you can have them on for twenty to thirty thousand hours, which we worked out at about three years, three to four years. Well, the Noctua fans are one hundred and fifty thousand hours, so you could have it on for I think it was sixteen years, <laughs> and they're actually. Uh, so high quality Noctua themselves warranty them for six years all you need to do is call their number and they'll send you a new one if they break within six years stop spinning or start making a noise and when I say start making a noise these fans are really quiet very quiet and I'm very very picky about it like so quiet when I put them in my PC and put the side on and turn my PC on I actually got scared and (laughs) Pulled the case off, pulled the case side off to see if they were spinning round because I was like, hold on a second, it doesn't, it sounds like my PC's on, I can see it. But nothing's but happening. But there's nothing happening, so that would be bad. It'd be like if, driving an electric car. You're right. so used to hearing an engine and the feel of it that when people, when we watch videos of yeah, people in an so electric car, it. they're like, is it, do I, 
is it on? To and then they hit the gas and they're like, whoa! In fact, the Tesla like driving a golf cart. The Tesla well. electric car has a mode where it pipes a sound of an engine through <laughs> your speakers on the inside of your car for the purist who's who hates that sensation of no noise of an engine. Oh, I would love it. So what it does is it uh, it has a recording of an engine and it plays wow. it through your speakers uh, in time with the car acceleration. That is bizarre. Because some people, that was a complaint some people had about Tesla cars that they... It didn't feel right when they pushed the foot down and they went really fast, but there was no noise. Wow. They didn't get it. So, <laughs> so anyway, these fans are expensive. They cost $20 each. So most PC cases you'll find have three fans in it. So you might be paying $60. But if you want to quieten down your PC and you hate the noise it makes, it will change it by, I'd say, 80%. Basically cuts the... The amount of air the that's hitting the fans and noise. that makes the air noisy. I mean, you always hear the mechanics of it, but that air part can be really annoying. And you have to go fairly close to my piece. And I've got a large it's tower It's way case. quieter than it was. I'd say about 80% quieter. Um, which Definitely. is Which is not... You might think, oh, well, that's not really that quiet. No, it is. It's really quiet. I sat in this room with nothing on the other day. I turned your PC off because yours just has normal fans in. We'll get to that eventually. <laughs> um, turned yours off and sat here with... And I'm usually listening to something, you know, a podcast or whatever. I listen to nothing. And yes, I could hear my PC, but it was like it was doing nothing. It was like <laughs> I could hear a dog barking outside worse than I could hear that. Right. So it definitely makes a difference. I recommend them. Noctua, they're made by... They make lots of different ones, different sizes, different shapes. Do they do laptops? No. They do uh, heat sinks for your PC with fans as well. You know, like a kit where it's all... So you know that's going to be quiet. Um, So I put one on my heat sink. I put one on the rear of the case and one on the front of the case. uh, And it's keeping it nice and cool. At first I thought, I bet you the trick here is... They're just making them run so slow that that's how quiet they are. So everything's going to get really hot. Yeah. That's not the case. My case is actually cooler than the ones that sounded really loud, which is crazy. Even on the low speed. Even on the low speed. It's how about still when cool. it kicked off? How, when it really kicks listen. off, it's, it's even cooler again. Oh, well. Noisy, guys. It's, it, even at full speed, because they only go 1,000 RPM. The other ones went at 2,000 RPM. These at full speed go 1,000 RPM. You can only just hear it. That's louder than it. Right. What you can hear now from yours. That's louder than what that is on full speed. So amazing. Um, I had my doubts. I bought one first just to test it. After a week, I was, I was like, I'd love all of them to be that. And then I found a decent deal on Amazon. Um, the only thing I could say... Decent as in what? Oh, well, they actually had a pack of two for $32. Oh, right. Still a lot, but For the case fans, instead of it being $40. So it was $8 off. But um, the only thing you might not like about these fans is they only come in one colour. I don't mind, because I I don't have a windowed case, so you can't really see inside my case. Uh, Plus, I don't mind. They're actually kind of interesting looking. But the frame of the fan is like a a pale beige colour, and the blades of the fan are like shit brown. Like a poo. <laughs> How about just brown? How yeah, about but it, it's the kind of like the colour of a poo, though. So, 
Why does brown get such a bad rap? It's a lovely color. I don't know. It's nature. It's like dirt color. So yeah, they they look unusual, but Noctua's idea was mm. we we're going with this color scheme and sticking to it. So if anybody looks in a PC yeah. and set and sees that color, they know it's our fan. If we did all kinds of different colored fans, who knows what kind of fan it is? So, Correct. So it's like a branding thing, like Ferrari. You don't buy a yellow Ferrari. You buy a red one. Red is the Ferrari. Because red is their company image. Like You mean they don't even make... They make a yellow one, but anybody who's into Ferraris will say right. to you... But um, what you're saying is these fan people don't even make they another don't. color. They're, so they're, in fact, Ferrari never so used to. So they're not the Ferrari. Well, what I'm saying is Ferrari never used to make different colors either. But if you talk to a Ferrari fan and they're going to buy a Ferrari... And a Ferrari's not cheap. They might be paying a million dollars for a Ferrari. And they get... If they've made yellow, then obviously somebody wanted it. They do, but, you know, and this is the interesting thing with Ferrari. Because red has always been the heritage for Ferrari, and it's their colour. And it's a a specific red. It's a a particular colour red. Um, If you've got the same car selling used, and there's a red one and a yellow one, the yellow one's cheaper, always. Right, but they have made it, so somebody wanted it. They have, but it's so integral to that. Even the logo of the horse is yellow, but it's a red background, right? So it's... So, yeah, they don't make many colours, Ferrari. Yellow and red is probably it. So even this fan company is more exclusive than Ferrari. Because they're saying, we've chose these interesting colours. Nobody else uses these colours, right? People make black fans. And colourful fans and clear fans. White fans and clear fans with lights in them. Right. We're making a brown fan. Nobody makes a brown fan, probably because nobody wants a brown fan. But we're going with that brown colour because... It's us. It's us. Like it or lump it. Eventually, I see complaints all the time. Well, maybe they could just make a white one, a limited edition one. No, because that would be cutting away from that one. And like, let's say the normal people of the world would say, why does anybody give a crap about what color fan is? Let's be honest, it moves air... That's it. That's like me complaining that my carburetor. Oh, why would anybody give a crap that the fan's quiet? Why don't I have a purple? Well, that's a different issue. I'm talking about like the aesthetics of a fan that's buried inside your PC. But then some people have these windowed cases where everything's lit up inside, and they want to see normal people outside of the world. World of those people will be like. And you know what? These why do you want to look inside your computer? These fans ain't made for the normal people. They're made for the high-end PC kind of. uh, I want my PC to be awesome, but I also want it to not make a noise because it kind of be good. But I'd be willing to buy them in, like, put one in my mom's computer, put one in my nephew's computer because they sit right next to them, right next to their head. My sister's is right next to her. Mine's pretty much right next. If you're building a PC to put underneath your television, Mm -hmm. those would be amazing because you won't even hear it come on as long as you got video. Don't really eat home theater PC much these days, though, do you? You don't with the advent of little tiny boxes that plug in or, no, I'm or TVs about with TVs stuff in. TVs have it in it, yeah. yeah. And consoles. Yeah, you don't really. So We got rid of ours. Unless you... See, there are occasions where I do want a PC hooked to the TV when I want to, for instance, watch E3. Yeah. Now, you can't do that with the TV because you can't just go to GameSpot or wherever and watch. Okay. The PS3, you can go to GameSpot, but it doesn't support the video generally. It'll say this video won't play. So there are occasions. Um, so that's my stuff for this week. Uh, happy Oscar weekend tomorrow night. And uh, what's for dinner, Sid Talk? Tonight, I think, because we're going to a play, we haven't said. It's a performance, rather. It's a series of songs and musical numbers performed by the junior high students at our nephew's 
previous junior high. He's in high school now, but he goes back to help them out and be a part of it. So we're going to that later this evening. It is actually a, what's it called, like a charitable benefit for a local, um, not humane society, but it is an organization that helps save, oh, helps buy pet supplies and medical care for people with pets who can't afford you know, the care or the food or whatever. Maybe someone gets sick or you're an older person and you can't afford to feed your cat. I think we they, mentioned it before mm-hmm. on here because we went and... It's like pause for pause. something. Something for pause. Can't pause remember. for applause? That, yeah. I think that's it. Is that it? Pause for applause. That sounds good. My mind so they do this event. They have a supper. Of course, there's no vegetarian food. So we just... Last year, I think we ate the salad and some bread. We didn't eat anything. I did. We oh, ate, you did. We ate the salad. They brought us both a salad, I remember. Hmm. But, um... Yeah, we had that, and then, so this year we're going to go again. So tonight, I think it'll be basic, unless my mother offers to buy us supper <laughs> of some kind. We'll either have Freddy Burgers, which is a place that has really good veggie burgers, or I'll come home and make our own veggie burgers. And the sweet potatoes and green bean thing that I made the other day. Just throw some sweet potatoes in the pan, brown them up a little bit in chunks, throw in a can of French cut green beans, a little bit of dried onion flakes, and a little bit of tamari which is soy sauce, gluten-free vegan soy sauce. <gasps> it was amazing, wasn't it? It's yeah. like a deli- it's amazing. So yeah, I've convinced myself that's what I'm going to make. And then some rice or some pasta to go with it. I don't know which yet. And then um other thing is art this week. I haven't really been making any art other than oh, not really making art. I've been scanning a few hundred family photos. My cousin is also my best friend and she has a son who's graduating from high school and my other cousin who's also my friend also has a son gra- they their sisters and their sons are in the same grade in the same small school they're graduating from high school i'm scanning all the family photos to make them slideshows and get their pictures for you know the kids are making like a slideshow for prom and all that kind of stuff and for graduation so i've been going through hundreds and then that led me to my thousands of family photos over the years that I've scanned and collected and I've been posting like a beast on Facebook and some people like your friend are like, oh my God, she's like flooding. And I've just, I love it. I love looking through. So I'm visually stimulating myself while I'm not actually creating any art. I'm looking at a lot of the old photos and I'm seeing, well, that would be awesome to draw. Oh, that 60s car and that that was my grandpa's that would be awesome to make into a drawing you know I get kind of inspired by the clothes or some of the close-up shots of my mom and the way her makeup was really severe in the late 50s early 60s you know like really dark lipstick and a really really pristine hair and then like a string of pearls you know things like that I'm like ooh, so that's kind of my art thing for the week and um my advice for the week is listen to public radio Particularly some shows I've found, which are called Radio Lab, This American Life, and the one I mentioned earlier, I believe it's called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. It's like a weekly um, current news, current events thing. You know, they question you about what's in news lately or whatever. But it's funny. They have guest stars. Anything with the public radio shows, because it's public radio, it's sponsored by volunt- you know, people who donate money and by grants and stuff like that. It's got a whole different vibe. It's kind of an old-fashioned entertainment because you're just... It's like listening to a podcast, like you're doing right now. But you're listening to the radio. You can do other things. And it's really enriching. Like, I find it really... Some of it's funny. Some of it's really serious. Same as this podcast. 
You're Correct. Right. Enriching. <laughs> Enriching. Enriching. It enriches you. So uh, I say find your local public radio station. You might have a college nearby that has a station, or you just have a. We have public radio, and it is the college station actually from a nearby town. And um, find some of these shows. They're all on the internet. You can find out all their schedules, and you can listen live on the internet. Is it still radio if it's on the internet? Mm-hmm. They call it listen to live radio. Yeah, it so, is because I listen to Sirius all the time on. Yeah. The, and that's internet radio, isn't it? I mean, not Correct. internet radio. It's radio still. Broadcasting. Yeah. Internet broadcasting. But that's my advice. Find some public radio. Tele- radio. Public television is good, too, because Antiques Roadshow. But the radio just, it kind of harkens me back to what it must have been like 100 years ago, right? 100 years ago would be 1913. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Listening to the radio. Sitting around the radio on a Friday night, my mom remembers sitting with her granddad and listening to The Shadow Knows, like all these crime shows that were on back then, and it's just a a different way of being entertained. Without having to visually engage yourself, you can actually function in life and have this stuff pouring into your ear. Like audiobooks. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not the same as an audiobook. This is more engaging, I think, really, but... Do what you want, but I'm saying find the public radio. All right, so um, thanks for listening to the show. I Remi- want to remind you about our websites, ascoli.com, sidsaw.com, catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or just go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast, you can find the podcast there. You can email feedback to me at ascoli at ascoli.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And stay classy, I go fuck yourself. Oh my god. I don't get in trouble this week, do I, for the bad language. I might have said a couple swear words, but not too bad. And I'm going to say think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. 